Welcome. Today on Chapter 5 of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic, a mind-numbing review of documentation for people and pets alike. How COVID helped us sell our Canadian home. And a big shout-out to some amazing people who helped make our dream a reality. Okay, here we go. This is Chapter 5, and uh, full disclosure for today's broadcast, we're a little bit lubed up. Uh, <laughs> we had a little wine with lunch. Yeah, but for good reason, because this is going uh, to be a tough one. Well, reliving... Th- this 60 days that we're about to go into, easily the beginning of the most stressful time of our life. I would say so. Yeah. And it's so intense, and I'm... Getting anxiety attacks just <laughs> thinking about it. Yes, this little Canadian couple that decided to pick up and move all the way to France. This is where the rubber meets the road. We're going to get to it in just a second. But you know what? I just I just want to, you know me. I, I am Mr. Glass Half Full. That's right. I mm-hmm. am the lemonade maker. You give me a lemon, I'm here to make you the lemonade. You know what? That's what everybody says. I know. They all say mm. it. It's, it's pretty well known. Um, but in this case, I think you're going to really appreciate one of the small benefits of being here in France versus Canada. And again, both countries have mammoth pluses, and, and uh, this, is, this is one that goes in the plus column for France. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. You know how uh, in Canada, where we were... In Ontario, and by the way, going through it right now, big winter there. All right. You know how at the end of the winter, there was always a couple of feet of snow. And what happens, Julie, when you have three dogs and six or seven months of winter with snow? What happens in the spring? Mud. Well, that's one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Two varieties of mud. (laughs) Two varieties of mud. And I'm (laughs) talking... I'm talking about the uh, the dog-generated mud. I see. So the big benefit here in France is you can pick your poop as you go and save the money on having to hire an excavator in the spring, as we used to have to do all the time, to pick up just a, an unearthly amount of uh, dog residue. Let's just put it that way. So, there. Wow, that's a big one. That's a big one. Jeez. Huh? Hmm. That's me. Here, trying to make it smooth. All right. So that I just wanted to start with something positive because I know where we're going but here. Do people know that we have three <laughs> rescue dogs? Yeah, I think. Yeah, we've. Have yeah, we not? I don't know. I'm yeah, not we have, sure. We've. I think we've discussed it. We have two that uh, from Greece um, <laughs> that we that we rescued from Greece, brought to Canada, and then decided to fly back to Europe. They've they've had they've got more frequent flyer points than most of my friends. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. And then one little fellow from uh, from Sudbury, from Canada. Right. Little Brad. So 12 paws. 12 to clean. paws to clean. Yes. That's right. Don't remind me. Right. The other thing I wanted to just uh, discuss before we, we get into this, um, we, we've noticed, because I think one of the themes of this of this podcast with us moving to France and everything has to, we have to focus on the differences. For sure. And one of the differences that we've noticed, <laughs> and, and you know what? This could go in a plus column for, for either country, okay? Anytime we need to get a hold of somebody here, they're on vacation. There's a lot of vacation. 
The kids are barely in school. Now, granted, I, right. their days are longer than for the kids in Canada, but they get blocks of time off throughout the year. Like they start school in September, and by the end of September, there's a two-week holiday. Yes, yes. And the reason I say it's it's an advantage for both countries, from a commerce point of view, obviously it's a, it's a bigger advantage for Canada. But from a lifestyle point of view, again, we go to the French uh, way of doing things, which is uh, work to live. And boy, I'll tell you, they do their, they they, do their living. They do their living because mm-hmm. you can never get a hold of anybody when you need them. And the other thing is uh, the email protocols are, are completely different. We could not have done what we're about to talk to today could not have been done in the French realm where they take days, sometimes weeks to answer emails and phone calls. It's Stay like I. I started doing this, and I don't do it anymore. Did you receive my email? Because it's 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 incredible. It's not the same kind of turnaround in in North America. I think it's you have something to deal with. You deal with it right away. It's good customer service. Here, it it's a little bit more laissez faire. It's mm-hmm. I'll get around to it when I can. So here we are. I've been trying to drag this out as long as I can, but we really have to get to the nuts and bolts of Chapter 5. When we left you in Chapter 4, we were entertaining uh, a long list of strange people going through our home as we had our, our Canadian home up for up for sale. And we were fortunate because towards the end of the summer, the perfect family visited our property, saw the benefits, the qualities, the work that had been put into it, appreciated it, and put in an offer that was clean, and we accepted. And boy, did that moment turn our life upside down. And, and I got to say, Paul, he's now a friend of, of ours, uh, the buyer of our home, just a, an amazing guy. He's got a, a beautiful family, and uh, they, they like to come out. They're from Toronto. They like to come out to the country and just enjoy uh, the place that we had, to your point. Uh, but yeah, it was such a perfect offer that you know we just we just wanted to get on with it. Um, but boy, the second we said yes, there was no turning back. There was no turning back. And so this is now mid-August 2020. We've endured a tough summer of COVID, especially in terms of visitations. Uh, but what had happened, and this was fortuitous for us, what had happened? And at one point, I said to Julie, you know, the person who buys this house is going to come from Toronto mm-hmm. because. Worldwide, I think if you if you reflect back to 2020, as we got into the summer, people who were in close quarters were going out of their mind with the restrictions and lockdowns. Whether it's New York, you know, uh, any any and, and they wanted a safer place, and and real estate agents were saying that people that were looking for properties were now looking for properties, keeping in mind what would this place be like in lockdown. Yes. It was a whole di- – and so what had started out as a negative, or at least what I believed was a negative, overnight turned into a positive. Not, not, and again, not to diminish uh, uh, COVID, but in, in terms of the housing market for country properties, it turned out to be a bit of a positive for us. It did. It did. And we were fortunate, but, uh, you know, one of 
um, the conditions of sales, how quickly they would be able to move in. We were counting on a longer period of time because we had a massive move to make. Like we had to cross the ocean with our stuff. And we had a lot of stuff. We had a lot of stuff. We'd been there for 20 years. And, and, you know. (laughs) Well, we had. (laughs) See, this is the problem. When you have a country property and anyone who has a country property with a shed, like a drive shed or any amount of storage knows how many friends they all of a sudden have. Hey, can you store my boat for the wind? You know, on and it would just be one thing after another. And we ended up over time taking things in a lot of family more than anything else. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of family items that we took in and we had to get those out of the way. Anyway, so they asked for a 90, uh, no, we wanted a 90 day close. Right. And which would have taken us into mid-November. Correct. And they wanted a 60 day. So the offer was so good and it, it you know we needed to make it work so we agreed but then we had to start running and planning and and all the things that we had to get done and and you know what from their point of view I th- I think it was a smart move I thought because if you're moving in middle of October to a country property, well, it's kind of the fall. Middle of November, it's a coin throw. You could be under, you know, a foot of snow already. And I think that was what their main reason for doing that. Right. But yeah, now we we now, okay, now that we've got our date, which is, let's just call it mid-October, well, we, we're, ho- we're essentially homeless. Right. Yeah. Well, we, we did have the condo in Toronto, but that wouldn't have worked for our three dogs. No. No, but so we're essentially homeless and we've got to make things happen, starting with flights. Uh, oh, and and th- another thing they recommend is you need that, that year visa to get things started in France. Yes. And they recommend that uh, you only apply for that a month before your departure date, which is scary. Yes. Yeah, so we had to... F- find an appointment during COVID with an office that could um, take our application and all the documentation so that we could get the visa process going. And Toronto was booked up, which scared the hell out of us. So just in looking at the other options, fortunately, we started thinking outside the box and thought, ah, you know, Maybe. And, and by we, you mean you. Yes, me. <laughs> well, I am the smarty pants of That's the relationship, true. yes. Um, maybe there's uh, some openings. There, there are appointments available in Ottawa. And sure enough, there were. But think about that. With all the stuff going on, now we got to plan a trip to Ottawa to apply for a visa to go to France? Yes. So the the um, sub-trader, the, 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 the people that the... the Canadian consulate. Third third party. Third party, right. Yeah. Um, they're called VFS Global. Okay. Um, we um, filled out the application, and you have to be careful which application you fill out because there are short-term applications and long-term applications, mm-hmm. and we needed to fill out a long-term application. Right. Along with that, we needed to um, provide certain documentation, Um so once we were confident that we had filled out the long-term visa application correctly, we also had to get two recently taken passport-style photos. Mm-hmm. And those have to satisfy the, the Schengen visa photo requirements. Schengen is an, an area in, Europe. in the EU. Yeah. It, it, it's comprised of 26 different countries, France being one of them. And what that allows 
the people that are a, a member of this area is to travel freely without um, being checked at the border. So, um, Jeff, you might remember when we were in Switzerland and we crossed into Italy, yeah. we were able to w- walk across. There was there was no, yeah. we didn't have to show passports or documentation because it's within that area. However, if they do pull you aside, you better have the right documents with you. Yeah. Correct. So um, we, we had to have a, a valid passport, which we had. We had to prove that we had travel insurance. Yeah. So we had to purchase the, the travel insurance, and I think it was $30,000 worth of insurance um, so that we were covered if any we were covered if anything and, was to happen. And by the way, uh, we checked it out in Canada, and then we checked it out in France, and the Canadian travel insurance is nuts. It was insane. I remember. And we were able to find some very uh, reasonable insurance that passed the test. For like what, eight hundred bucks a year or something like that, as opposed to like it was thousands, Thou- uh, tens, of tens thousands. of thousands. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, you also need to provide a complete itinerary, so prove that you have flights going to France and coming back from France. Yeah, now that that is kind of crazy because yeah, yeah, even though you have to do that and and, and you end up canceling the return because you can't get a flight a year away. And your visa is a, is a year. I find that a little dodgy. That one's a little scary. I don't understand the purpose of that. I really don't. I, you know, I think they want to make sure that you are not going to be seeking asylum, mm. uh, that you're not a political refugee, um, that you, you, you know, you. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's so crazy because you can cancel the flight. It just, it mean, it, to me, it makes zero sense. But it is one of the reg- regulations. So yeah, we had to go ahead and get that, and of course, we just canceled it. And then you have to um, prove um, your financial means mm-hmm. that you're not going to be a burden on on France. Well, yeah, and and, and also in our case, um, we were applying for basically a, a retirement situation. Like we're not going to be we're not going to be searching for work in France. Right. Yeah. Um, which also meant that we needed to get uh, a notarized document saying that we were not going to be seeking employment in, in France. Exactly. Do you remember the guy that we went to see, the lawyer? Yes. Yeah. I think he's the only guy that still smokes in his office. Yeah, it was fantastic. In, in all of Canada. He's a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got that document. We need to prove, we had to prove as well that we had accommodations here. Right. So if you're renting, you had to you know give that address, but we had purchased a property, so we just showed the deed of sale. Um, we had to certify that we didn't have a criminal record, and we also had to um, prove that we paid the fees because there is a fee attached to a visa. That's right. Yeah, all this stuff. Can you imagine this? And this is all happening in the middle of, like, you know, closing a house, uh, moving. We'll get to all of that. It was. Just, I, you're right. This is. I'm getting stressed out just going through this again. Yeah. Qu- quick question: Were birth certificates needed for this? No, not for that one. Okay. But for other things, they were so, quick, and and marriage quick, certificates. Quick story about birth certificates. <laughs> oh no, you're not going to do that. I oh am no, so, I hate you so much. I, oh. <laughs> I know. So Miss Smarty Pants here, clearly the one with the brains and the college and the whole deal. I I I had to. <laughs> I I have a Saskatchewan birth certificate that's quite different. It's a short form. It's like a little card. That's where I'm born, Saskatoon. And uh, I, I said, have you ever seen a Saskatchewan birth certificate? 
And she goes, no. And I show it to her and she says, where's the picture? <laughs> <laughs> and I start making these baby fingers. <laughs> Not my best moment. That was fantastic. <laughs> Just fantastic. So we got all that stuff together and... Um, when we were in the meeting, they ensured us that uh, assured us that there wouldn't be an issue, and there wasn't. They did a very good job, those people. Right, and we also had to get some pictures oh. taken, oh. right? The biometrics to prove that we weren't criminals. Right, but the other thing that we had to do, we had to give them our passports. Do you know how hard it is to give your passport away physically when you have a flight to Europe with three dogs in less than sixty days? I mean, I they almost had to rip that out of my hand. And they said, no, 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 don't worry. It's going to come by UPS. <laughs> and it did. But, and you know, did. we were in Ottawa, and they had to send our entire file to Montreal. To Montreal. Because it's it, the consulate is in Montreal, and, and that's where the decision gets made on whether or not you will get be granted your visa. Oy. So that, that got all resolved. While this is all going on with uh, the visa, we are... Uh, doing things according to the sale of the house, like we had to get the water checked. And the clown that came out and checked our water, so first of all, we're in the country, we're not on town water, we have a well. So after reading about this later, you're not supposed to bring like a two-inch galvanized pipe to, to, to go into your well and test the flow. This guy, we lived in this house for 20 years and never had a water issue. And within two hours, he has completely drained our well right in front of the new buyer. And it was, you got, like, I was, I was out of my mind. So he, he was clearly trying to drum up business to get a new well dug or something. But fortunately, uh, again, Paul, the, the great guy that he was who bought our house, he saw through this and was also as, as, as upset as we were. And uh, so these are some of the things that you learn. People are always trying to scam you no matter where you go. Um, so, uh, but the next thing, the order of business was booking flights because w- remember, we're booking flights for two adults and three dogs. And these are big dogs, okay? The, the smallest dog is 50 pounds, Brad. 40, mm-hmm. 40, 50 pounds. And then the biggest dog, how big is Blue? 80, 80, 80 pounds. pounds. He's a big one. So, again, COVID is running amok for flights. Complicating tra- travel tremendously. Um, the, the one thing I'll say is that our dogs needed to satisfy a certain um, criteria in terms of weight, and that includes their crate. Yes. So, um, Blue is was too big. Yes, how much, no, he, yeah, how, so, how much did a, a, a crate weigh? Well, first of all, uh, I'm not sure, 20, uh, 15, kilome- uh, 15 pounds, something like that. But but the, the, the thing was, there there are two different ways to, to ship your dogs. Um, now, the, the, there's one accompanied in excess baggage, okay? Mm-hmm. And when, when they say accompanied, that means you have to be on board. Right. Right. Uh, with those dogs. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that's 100 pounds. Right. Including the crate. Or less. Or less. 
And so blue, and then the other way for larger dogs, or if you don't, if you want to ship your dog without you being on the, on the flight, then you can go through manifest cargo. So boom, uh, that's what we had to do with blue. So we have to, we have to deal with this because we've got an extra big dog. We have to put him on cargo, make sure there's room on cargo. And then the other two dogs were going to fly in uh, baggage, okay? Originally, we um, were able to get a flight out of Montreal, I believe, to Toulouse with the three dogs. Two of us and the three dogs. And by the way, I just I, I know we're going to mention them a lot here, but the, the, the people who really saved our bacon, I, we could not have done this. I'm telling you this. The, the, there are very few people I could say this about with this, with this whole move. But we could not have done this without uh, Trip Central and uh, Richard Vanderlube and oh, Rob, poor Rob Robin, who had to organize most of these flights for us. When I say flights, yeah, you're going to hear about that. But uh, boy, they hung in there and they got this thing done at the 11th hour. But flight number one, our first flight that was booked, was with Air Transat, and it, it's it's a chicken and egg thing. Like, okay, are, is there room for two adults? Okay, great. Now we have to find out if there is room for three dogs. And originally... There was. There was. Our original flight booked was for uh, October 17th from Montreal directly to Toulouse. Three dogs, two people. Done. And we thought it was all over. We get a phone call. Um, yeah, we have a problem. <laughs> Why not? Um... There was another dog booked on the flight, and the maximum is three. So first of all, do we give up this whole flight and start searching for another flight for all five of us? And, I mean, we thought at the time, we better just hold on to what we've got and cancel yeah. cancel you right. and one dog. Right. Things were changing all the time. Yeah. Flights were being canceled. Um, there, were, there were embargoes that were, were being placed on flights with pets. Um, so we just thought, okay, at least we, we can get one person and two dogs to France. And we, at that point, we were left in a situation where I had to find other travel for myself and, and one of the dogs. So that's cancellation number one. Yes. Then uh, we thought we had a flight for you through Frankfurt and there was no dog transfer available so then we real, and this was now Europe wide. Right. So in Europe, you had to fly direct. Had to fly direct because there was no place to offload the dogs, even for a stopover, because that was now against, for some reason, COVID protocols. Right. So that eliminated Munich, and we now started focusing on Lyon. Now, Lyon, from where we live, is a five and a half hour drive. So we were able to secure. Uh, a flight for Julie on like a week later, October 25th. Right. Yep. But then there was difficulties offloading the dogs there, period, because it was a weekend. The workers were not there during the weekend. So we had to figure out another option. And so after three cancellations, Robin finally came up with the only option at this. Now, we're, we're 11th hour here now. Mm -hmm. We're 11th hour. And the only option was for you to fly to Paris with Blue. And I had to drive eight and a half hours from our place in France to pick these two clowns up. So what I ended up doing was I drove in the night before, stayed overnight, and then picked you up. And mm -hmm. I, I said, you have an option. You want to stay overnight? Nope. And this is now 
12 hours on the plane. <laughs> Let's just get there. <laughs> and so away we went, and we finally uh, we finally got here. But, uh, yeah, those, those flights, that, that whole nightmare, we were out at a lake trying to enjoy five minutes of fun. With some dear friends. When we got the call, and it was just, oh, your, your face just sunk. It was like, oh, that was the, I can't that was deal th- with that. That was the third cancellation. Yeah. and We didn't think we were going to be able to pull it off. And things were getting even more um, difficult with COVID. Because it was progressing. This is October 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And and now, it's interesting, though. We're all very accustomed to PCR tests. Uh, is that what it is? PCR? Yep. P- yeah. PCR test And all the tests that are available. Quick test, this test. That. There were no tests and no vaccines at this point. So that's one thing we didn't have to do, which was to provide any tests when we landed. We had other things which we uh, forgot to to present, but that's that's for another day. Um, but we finally locked in on these flights. They all worked, and um, then uh, once we had that kind of secured, we had to move out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like we had to uh, basically store our stuff. It had to get moved out of the house in 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 Ontario and stored until such time as it could be tr- transferred to France. Right, because we used a container, a shipping container. Right. I believe they came somewhere around the 10th of September and took all of the furniture that we were selecting to to bring to France. That's right. And just before that, Paul and I had a discussion about what he wanted to buy from our place, and that Mm -hmm. went very well. Mm -hmm. So that stuff stayed behind. And a few – we ended up giving up so much stuff. You know, one of the reasons we gave so many things away – uh, is they were small appliances and they they don't work on the on the same electrical system as here, in France. So we had to, yeah, we they're they're all one ten. Everything's two two thirty here, so <laughs> they wouldn't have worked here. And so it, we were, you know, donating to our family, to our friends, um, and and happy to do so because we were coming here and and would be at that point refurnishing. The house and yeah. the kitchen and, and and let's face it, everybody, everybody, friends and family helped out in some way uh, for us to make this happen for sure. So we we never had an issue with that, and uh, and it was it was kind of nice to be able to to do that. But still, we had a lot of stuff. Just it was an incredible amount of things that we like wor- big workshop tools. I like woodworking, and I had a lot of big heavy workshop tools that needed to be moved around. <laughs> and then and then the stuff that was left behind which was like big furniture that wasn't of much value. And there was no point in putting an ad out and all that stuff. And people, well, I'll give you 50 bucks. You know, I just, I, who needs that? Rolling up the laneway with that kind of attitude. So I found this auction place in Guelph. What a, oh man, this guy must be just, he must have 15 houses around the world. What a rake this thing is. But uh, so, you know, you take the stuff over there for an auction and if 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 you've got a couch and chair set that nobody wants, somebody can actually bid fifty cents and get it. I mean, so by the time I hired my buddy Tim and his friend uh, to move all this stuff, hired a rider truck or whatever, a U-Haul to get over there. Yeah, I think we we probably netted what three dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> it was hilarious, <laughs> but at least we got that stuff. Uh... Ah, now also we had to get. The dogs ready 
for the flight. Oh, <laughs> that's another big deal. You can't just put a dog on a flight without the proper paperwork. Again, it's about the paperwork. Right. So you know, the the first thing we had to do. Well, actually, Anna was a bit chubby. <laughs> oh, she was a little Rubenesque, was she? Yes. Uh, yes. So, in order to satisfy the criteria of a hundred pounds or less, we uh, crate included. Right. She and I had to go on a an exercise program, uh-huh. or, and she did uh, lose the weight necessary to pass the criteria. So that was great. <laughs> and you know, they never even weighed them. That's the hilarious thing. I mean, they did didn't care. Yeah. You know, we were taking everything letter of the law, and so many things. Like there were so many forms that we were told you must have that no one even looked at. Right. So one of them, one of the forms for the dogs is a signed document from our vet. Right. And we did that. And Sabrina's awesome. She filled out the forms and and we thought we were set and would be able to travel. But in looking at the criteria at the at the 11th hour, we noticed that we also needed to get approval from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. Can you believe that? Food. Food inspection. Food. So they control all animals, import and export, that go into the country, out of the country. And you typically have to make a booking, like a reservation for a meeting, weeks, months in advance. And we are in the week before you, Jeff, are scheduled to take your flight out. And I remember this day. Oh, it was cold. It was rainy. It was October 15th. We were closing on the 16th. I go to the agency. I have I have an appointment and I, I meet this lovely um, professional who looks at the forms that, that were filled out by our vet and they're all wrong. And I said, okay, well, and now I'm having like serious heart palpitations. I said, well, my husband's leaving with two dogs tomorrow. What can we do? And he said, do you have an hour? And I said, oh, well, no, <laughs> not what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> wow, an hour. Good for him. Um, um, he, he, he said, okay, I'm going to take this information and I'm going to fill out all the proper forms. The forms that he had to fill out were very complicated because on these forms for France, you have to scratch out everything that's not applicable. And you have to make sure that you're, you've got the right microchip number for your pet, because that's a necessity if you're bringing them to Europe, um, that you've got the right birth date, that you've got all the inoculations, all the vaccinations, all the necessary work. So the poor guy did that for three dogs. And I, 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 we were successful. I brought the forms home. And yeah, that guy saved our bacon. He did. He did. Without, without him, we would not have been able to bring the dogs with us. And it's funny, um, I know, I don't think you needed your form, but I needed mine, and we're going to get to that in the uh, in the next uh, chapter of our podcast, uh, when we actually land in two different places, dogs all over the Hell's Half Acre, ay, 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 it was, uh, it was a major scramble um, on the days getting here. That's for sure. And that's... It's not for the faint of heart. This None of this is for the faint of heart. Mm. And uh, But you know what? We uh, I, I would like to... Uh, I, I This time, I know what the French phrase of the day is, or at least, well, I don't, I don't think I could repeat it, but I know what it's about. And I kind of suggested this, uh, that Julie find some kind of a phrase uh, that talks about people helping you out because uh, I, I think... 
we we need to dedicate chapter five. We need to dedicate this this podcast to you know the the guy uh, who saved our, our our bacon with the dogs, but in particular uh, Robin and Richard from Trip Central. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Robin must have spent. I'm I'm guessing Robin spent the equivalent of three full days on hold trying to get us these flights. It was incredible. And her dedication. Amazing. And, and Mike Maziers, um, who yeah. was able to bring the stuff that I, uh, I couldn't leave at the house yeah. once we closed, yeah. um, stored it and brought it to, to me. Um, and then we're, we're, in the next episode, we're going to get to the two guys who helped us get to the airport and everything, because one of them, uh, my buddy Brent, actually took a day off work and helped me get to Montreal with the dogs. And that was that was a that was kind of a cool experience. But again, these are people, you know, dropping their life to help you out, you know. Yeah. But let's go with today's French uh, phrase of the day. Why don't you? For, uh, what, for why, why, I don't remember. What why it, don't you say what it is, Jeff? No, no, I don't. No, I, I honestly don't oh, remember. I know it has to do with the poos, but uh, <laughs> but you 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 go. This is for Robin and Richard at uh, Trip Central. Coup de pouce. Okay. Boy. Coup de pouce. Most English people are just going, oh, this will be good. Uh, uh, first of all, before we t- say what it means in French, because it's always different, just could you just give us a, a literal translation, please, Julie? Sure. A hit of the thumb. <laughs> and you won't believe what a hit of the thumb means. It's a boost. Help. You're helping someone out. You're giving someone a quick pouce. You're helping them. It's a good thing. It's nice. No, I know. It's a good thing. And uh, deservedly so. It just never translate. These sayings never translate. It's a, hit of the, it's a hit of the thumb. There you go, my friend. I'm giving you a hit of the thumb. On the house. Comped. No problem. All right. There it done? is. Are you done? French word uh, phrase mm. of the day. One more time. Coup de pouce. And that is our show for today. I'm going to need a stiff drink after this puppy. You said it was going to be cathartic. I've been sweating. I've been anxious. You mean for this particular... Yes, when I was reviewing everything, I was going, oh my goodness. Yeah, no, this one has not been so much cathartic as it... It's like, I think we both now have PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Just going back over something that was maybe all all settled and now we've unearthed it again and it's like... "Ah." Okay, now, uh, chapter six of Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, landing in France with three dogs, two people, two cities. Nightmare. We're going to get to that on the next chapter. A bientôt.